Hello there, welcome to the Tech Means Business podcast. This is a series of podcasts where we talk to interesting people who work in technology and in business. Often these people have interesting things to say about the ways that technologies change their business, while others have developed businesses that are based entirely on using technology to cope with some of those complexities that humans have set up or humans have to cope with. Payoneer, our guest today, is a company that falls into that latter category. At a basic level, I guess it it moves money around for companies that run some form of online retail, like an e-commerce store, but it also goes so much deeper into providing the the types of services that modern online e-commerce businesses need. Currency exchange, uh, coping with multiple tax jurisdictions when you trade internationally, for example, complexities of payments when shopping in a marketplace, and loads more besides. We'll get into all that. Today, I'm joined by Erin Tull, who's a Regional Enterprise Sales Director for EMEA at Payoneer. Hi, Erin. Um, I wondered if we could start with a bit of a brief introduction of who you are, what you do at Payoneer, and how your career has brought you to this point today. Hey, Joe. Thanks for hosting me today. I'm really happy and excited to have the opportunity to speak about Pioneer and about my journey within the company. I joined Pioneer six and a half years ago, and since then I had a few internal changes until I reached the point where I'm at today. Before Pioneer, I was working for a very big online affiliate marketing company, and Pioneer had some clients from this vertical. So at the beginning of my journey in the company, I was managing those accounts um, from the tech industry. I had really good knowledge and expertise um, about the needs of companies from this vertical because I was working for one, and it really helped me to identify some new opportunities and grow existing accounts. Of course, this was just my entry point to Pioneer, and during time, I learned a lot about the payment world, about the needs of companies from different verticals, such as travel companies, e-commerce marketplaces, freelancers marketplaces, and much more. Two and a half years after I joined Pioneer, I was offered to move into a sales position. So switch from being like a farmer that grow existing account into being more like a hunter um, that is going after uh, new opportunities um, and trying to bring in new revenue to the company. I found this opportunity very exciting because it the challenges were very different. While with existing customers, you really have to maintain a, a really good relationship and an ongoing like a level of support. With new opportunities and new clients, you really need to dive deep into their needs and pain points and try to come up with the best solution uh, uh, possible in order to support their need, to support the growth, and to remove any friction they have around cross-border payments. So I started doing this in Eastern, in sorry, in Western Europe. I've been doing this for a period of almost two years, and um, after that, I uh, started managing my own team. And today, we are responsible from everything, uh, for everything from generating a pipeline, uh, doing an outreach to clients, and uh, until the moment with that we sign new accounts. Thanks, Aaron. So, idiot interviewer question one is, what is a marketplace? I know it's different from a, a store or a shop selling one company's products or services. Um, what's your definition of a marketplace? I would say that a marketplace is a two-sided platform that connects between buyer and sellers. This is the really broad definition, to my view. And I think that many people 
when you tell them this is a marketplace, so the first thing that would pop up to their head is probably like Amazon or eBay, which are probably the most well-known marketplaces in the world. But not all marketplaces are necessarily about e-commerce. There are many different marketplaces where different goods or services are being traded on. So if we look at example, for example, if we look at Fiverr or Upwork or Udemy, those are marketplaces where you have, on one hand, um, a freelancer which provides translation services, giving an online course, um, doing a graphic design work for somebody. And then on the other end, you have the buyer, the consumer, which is uh, looking to, to get this type of service. So that's also definitely a marketplace, and you can have the buyer in, in the US and the, the freelancer in, in India. And those are like truly global marketplaces that are operating and providing uh, lots of opportunities for, for both uh, the buyers and the sellers. Um, and, and there's really, there's lots of other type of marketplaces. So if we look at other companies, for example, Shutterstock or, or Pond5, those are marketplaces where on the one end you have photographers that are taking the photos, uploading them to, to the platform, and then whoever wants to use those, these photos can actually buy the rights directly from the photographer or from the content owner. So those are all um, use cases of, of marketplaces from different verticals. Um, and the main common thing, and the common thing about all of them is really the fact that they connect between buyer on one end and a seller on the other side. So if I put myself in the shoes of a marketplace owner, if you like, um, I'm just trying to think about some of the issues I might have. For instance, if I was trading um, internationally, and of course there's no real reason not to trade internationally these days, I'd be uh, concerned about multiple payments uh, coming in from customers, although, of course, that'd be a good thing. Uh, but each of those payments might need to be split into uh, different chunks in order to pay different vendors on my marketplace. And then each one of those vendors um, would probably want paying in a different currency. Uh, and then, of course, there are returns, um, which would only go back to maybe a partial order from one of those vendors. So everything kind of has to go back in reverse. I mean, that all sounds very complex to me. Are these the, are these the types of questions? Are these the types of problems um, that you guys might resolve? I mean, are these the things that you're being asked by marketplace owners? Yes, absolutely. What you, what you just described are, is a very good example of a pretty standard complexity uh, of a global marketplace, and definitely the people that are running the marketplace uh, from the financial side, so the, the finance team and the CFOs, they're all very much aware of those complexities and challenges. However, there is not always a single solution that can address all of the needs of a marketplace, especially if we're talking about a global marketplace that is operating in multiple jurisdictions uh, with different uh, currencies. Most marketplaces would like to go as local as possible. So it's, re it's actually relevant for both the buyer and the seller side. So from the buyer side, it's pretty, pretty simple. If I'm a buyer out of the UK, I would like to be able to pay in GBP. And I don't really care if the seller from which I'm buying from 
uh, is from the same country where I'm based, or if the, the seller is from a different country, China or the US, I still want to, be, want to be able to pay in my local currency. And same goes for the seller. Okay, sellers do not want to, they're not financial institutions, okay? They are sellers, they want to focus on what they're doing best, which is selling goods, services, etc. Um, and they want the payment part to be as simplified as possible. They just want to get paid, preferably in their local currency, um, and avoid exposure for FX management, etc., etc. So this is where the marketplace is, is coming in, into place in order to bridge those gaps between the different uh, uh, sides of the marketplace um, and provide the best experience um, both to the buyer and to the seller. So after we identify the, the challenges that the marketplace have with currency management, I think this is the time to speak a little bit about Pioneer and where we are coming into play. Um, so we are mainly focused on the seller side, not so much on the buyer side. So for buyers, you have lots of PSPs and acquirers that can uh, assist marketplaces. Um, we are um, responsible for helping marketplaces um, streamline payments to their sellers. So by streamlining payments to the sellers, it's really about providing local experience and providing the sellers local settlement capabilities um, in order to avoid high FX fees and high transaction fees um, and actually cut costs for, for the sellers and for the marketplaces. So Pioneer has a infrastructure which contains a lot of global and local banks from all over the world um, in order to use those banks for settling funds to the sellers whenever they are, um, and not having to use SWIFT transfers, for example, that are often offered by, by banks to marketplaces, which are very slow and expensive. So what we're trying to do, and we're doing it quite successfully, is offering local settlements all over the world. Now, another component which is linked to streamlining the payment for the marketplace sellers is the KYC part. One of the obligations that marketplaces have is to make sure that no one is using their platform for illegal fund transfer. And in order to do that, you need to do KYC or KYB um, on the sellers to make sure that the sellers are really who they claim they are and not uh, fraudsters or someone else that is using is trying to use your platform in order to launder money or in order to do any kind of illegal activity which involves with funds movement. So with regards to KYC, this is not always the favorite part of the seller when they onboard to a new marketplace, okay? Because there's a lot of paperwork sometimes involved in it. They need to provide documents um, and, and all kinds of proofs to really to, to um, satisfy the needs of the marketplace and the payment provider. And here there's also different approach of how you can perform the KYC. Um, usually what you're trying to do is to make it the least painful um, process for the sellers because this is a blocker, okay? A seller, when they come to a marketplace, they want to be able to start selling, offering their services, and, and to really focus on that part. Um, and by making it very hard for them to create their account or start transacting on your marketplace, you're actually reducing the conversion rate that you have from new sellers, okay? So when a new seller comes in, you want to convert them as much as possible to an active seller. 
now. The KYC part is very important here because you can do a KYC in a local way, meaning that you will require a seller to provide a document in their local language, um, the local ID, local certificate of incorporation, etc. Or you could also ask the sellers to translate the documents. Now, this is a very big friction point between the marketplaces and the sellers who are now not only required to create an account on the platform and list their product or services, which is a lot of work by itself, they now need to go to a translation company that will help them translate the document in order to satisfy the needs of the payment provider of the marketplace. This is also where Pioneer comes into place with assisting marketplaces with seller onboarding, where we do not ask sellers for translating their documents. Uh, we will review and authenticate the documents um, in, a local, in their local language, which really helps a lot and remove a lot of the pain points that sellers have with onboarding to a new marketplace. Now, I know one of the things that you guys do is onboard new sellers. Now, given the, the complexity of international trade, I'm wondering whether you know that takes weeks and months on, or is it a sort of entirely fast digitized process these days? Yeah, so um, hopefully it doesn't take a month or, or weeks, um, but uh, yeah, we're talking about um, days or, or hours. Um, really dependent on on the use case, so you know again going back to some things that we discussed before, the the payment provider should not be a blocker. Okay, the payment provider and the KYB KYC um, is just another part of the process of the seller onboarding, um, and it should be streamlined to the best extent possible. Once a seller submitted their documents, um, everybody wants a very fast response. So whether it's yes, no or um, additional requirement for uh, more documents. And this is something that we have, which is, for the first part, is fully automated. So the sellers, they will onboard, they will provide some, some data, and then Pioneer will review it using in-house technology and third-party providers that we are integrated with. So once a seller provided their uh, documents and, and all the things that we require to them, um, each application will go through a series of checks. It will be matched against hundreds of in-rules in that we have on our system. And again, um, we will take their application, run it on sanction screening uh, list, and, and match it against various databases, all in order to make sure that really we are onboarding someone who's, who's legit. Um, and um, we are trying to do this as fast as possible. And you know, the, their level of requirements and the level of KYC is also very much dependent on the vertical and also on the seller's location and whether they are in, in an individual or a company. So there's different requirements um, per different uh, entities. For example, in Europe, uh, for co European companies, this is relatively a strict approach where you need to ask a lot of information right from the beginning. However, in other countries around the world, um, you can also apply a risk-based approach, meaning that you will request some of the information at the beginning, um, and then as the account turnover grows, you will add additional requirements and ask for some additional documents in order to have a deeper KYC or KYB. And also, 
there's another element um, specifically in Payoneer which is related to the method of payment because we offer few methods of payments to sellers and to beneficiaries worldwide. Uh, we offer direct bank transfer and we also offer the Payoneer account which has a prepaid MasterCard incorporated in it. And different products have different uh, um, risks and, and um, for example, if you're just doing bank transfer, then you can us. I mean, us as a payment provider, um, we can rely on the beneficiary's bank uh, that already did some KYC. This is why we can have a, a softer approach when onboarding sellers that want to get paid directly to their bank account. However, if we are uh, talking about offering the Payoneer account or the prepaid MasterCard then um, those uh, products require us to have more familiarity with the beneficiaries. Therefore, the KYC, KYB level would be a little bit higher. And um, talking about some numbers, so roughly 85 to 90% of the applications are all approved in, uh, uh, in less than half hour. Um, so again, we can apply the risk-based approach and, and keep in mind that when I'm saying approved, it means that after they provided all of the documents. So assuming that the beneficiary provided all the documents, then their application will go into review. Um, and the average time, the average response time um, is very short. We're talking about hours or maximum couple of days. And in some cases, we will ask for additional documents. Um, it happens when we receive an output from the system that tells us, hey, I wasn't able to automatically approve this beneficiary, um, and then a human being will uh, come into place and, and review the application by, by themselves. So we have a team which is called Customer Approval Department. It's a team of specialists, um, very large team, that is responsible for reviewing applications and authenticating them. So after the customer approval manager reviewed the application, they will have the final output, whether it's approved or not approved. And they're, they're specialists, so this is what they're trained for, making sure that they leave the good actors in and keeping the bad actors out. Now, even though Pioneer offers a, a wide range of services, and so um, you guys kind of wear many hats, um, I'm guessing, therefore, um, that you need to uh, talk to multiple stakeholders in a new client, um, but I'm guessing the finance people most of all? Yeah, that's a good point. Our sales cycles are relatively long as we're talking about payments, which is something that's pretty deep within the platform and also involve the sellers. And for that reason, we will be talking with various uh, stakeholders within the client's company to make sure that we don't leave anyone behind and covering all aspects of the partnerships. So for sure, the CFO will be the primary decision maker in most cases, as they will have the high-level view um, and would like to see how Pioneer can help them meet their company's expansion goals in the short and long terms. Um, the finance team will be our main users. Um, they will rely on us to get uh, uh, their job done faster and better. Um, they would want to have usually solid understanding of the processes, uh, the level of automation, what reporting they have, uh, and basically anything relates to the operational side of the payment. Um, they are the ones that need to do the reconciliation at the, to, at the end of the month to close the books, um, and they want to see how the payment provider can equip them and help them to uh, get this job done. 
Um, also, we will be speaking with the product and the R&D teams. Um, they are the ones that are responsible for integration. They would like to have a holistic view. So how everything, how the onboarding uh, to the payment provider um, can connect with other things that happen on the platform. Um, perhaps they would also like to use some of the features that we offer in order to provide additional services to the sellers, such as uh, using their Payoneer account in order to pay uh, for subscription fees or, or uh, added value services that are given by the marketplace. So this is related to the product and R&D team to see how it all fits in. Um, and last but not least, we will also be speaking with the relationship managers. So those uh, people, the functions within the uh, company that are responsible of managing the relationship with the sellers, uh, with the beneficiaries, uh, they can be called community managers, account managers, um, and they will be the one that will actually communicate to the beneficiaries um, and then announcing them about the collaboration between their company and Payoneer. So we will also work closely with them to make sure that they understand how the system works in case uh, they're getting inquiries from their users. Um, we will be uh, supporting them, providing them collaterals, everything that they need in order to make the migration um, and then the ongoing usage of the users uh, a very smooth and seamless process. Now, Aaron, I was, I was chatting the other day to my company's or our company's CFO. Uh, I was probably bothering him for some more computers, I should think. Um, anyway, we got to talking about international payments. Obviously, um, the company I work for operates writers and content creators all over the world, all of whom need paying, of course. And he mentioned that SWIFT, S-W-I-F-T, the international payment system, is now really badly named. In fact, it's anything but SWIFT, he was saying. In fact, it's kind of slow and clunky. I think even on that level, just that speed of payments, I suspect there are conversations that um, need to be had um, with people, with vendors um, who've got problems just on that score alone. Now, if folk do want to have these types of conversations in person with you, uh, where should they go? Obviously, there's the website for conversations not in person, but you know, perhaps you're venturing back out again into, into real life, into the expo and, and conference world again. So first thing first, I think that your CFO and I can have a little chat after uh, recording this podcast, um, and maybe we can uh, help you uh, paint out your uh, uh, writers and creators without using the Swift network. Um, and regarding getting in touch with us, so we obviously have the online way, which, is, which you mentioned, um, that is widely in use. And we welcome anyone who has questions or need a consultation um, to reach out to us. Um, and aside from that, this year, um, events and conferences came back quite big. Uh, our team was participating in many of them. We were in Money 2020, both in Europe and in the US. We were uh, in Web Summit in Portugal, Retail Week in Paris. And really, we attended conferences all over the globe, in Asia Pacific, Israel, Latin America, Middle East, um, and really all over the world. Um, you know, we have more than 2,000 employees across 25 offices that are ranging all the way from California to Australia. And this is really a result of our belief that we should be uh, where our clients are. We should be um, speaking their language. 
we should understand their culture, we should um, understand the challenges that pe different people have in different countries in order to be able to provide them the best service possible. Payments is a very sensitive topic to many, many companies. And you want to make sure that the company and the people that you're speaking with are professionals, they know what they're doing. And this is why we believe in very high touch with our clients. We are investing a lot in relationship building. Um, and this then later helps us in building trust, win new, win new clients. And we're definitely going to keep it that way. So as the music starts to fade in, um, I get my cue to wrap up. Um, thank you, Aaron Tal. Uh, from Payoneer for joining us Thank today. You. It's been fantastic. Real insight, actually, into quite how complex today's retail properties on the internet can be and how they work and what the issues are that um, people face, people who run them, um, and the sort of things that they encounter daily that hopefully you guys are helping to sort out. And thanks as well um, to all our listeners out there. Um, I hope you've enjoyed yourselves quite as much as I have. I hope you can join me on the next episode of the Tech Means Business podcast. Bye for now.